What's in your cup? <laughs> now nah, I see you rocking in the back. <laughs> I feel the love. Let me get it warmed up real quick. Yeah. Can I kick it? With the kickback show. Can I kick it? With the kickback show. Can I kick it? I see you back there, whole day. Can I kick it? With the kickback show. 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 Well, I'm gone. Well, I hope you feeling cozy with your headphones on. I knock your speakers, take a breather, know it's been too long. See the vibe too strong, cooking potent like the Byrex on. Swinging heaters till pinata's gone. Bust, 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 it's nothing, a cup confession. Couldn't fix talking shit, kicking back the session. Such a blessing, like holy water, bring a slaughter to your daily stressing. Now take a sip, I hope you got the message. Come and kick it with the family. Tiana Fox, DJ Swivel, rocking properly. The policy is simple, lead the drama by your wallet, by your wallet. To get a second with the vibe, it's such an honor. Word to your mama, see the clock, it's time to bust the move When that needle take a drop and knock you out your shoes We fly with it, get it with for this designer stoop Dope dealing with track life, serving it just for you Just for you, just for you, serving it just for you Just for you, just for you, serving it just for you Just for you, just for you, serving it just for you Just for you, just for you, you know the rest Just for you, can I kick it? With the kickback show Can I kick it? With the kickback show Can I kick it? With the kickback show Well I'm gone Whole lot of everything, kickback show, kickbackshow.com. I go by the name of Foz, and she is. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Tiana Giovanna, and he is DJ Swivel. Anything less would be unswivelized. That's right. Black it and black it and black it and black it. I like the fact that everybody is black now. Right. <laughs> what I what I don't want is for this energy to fade and yeah it feels really good it does feel different but i feel like once reality the new reality starts to actually sink in it's gonna hurt a lot of people yeah. in the sense of their consistency to their commitment to their loyalty to everything that's that's happening and what i am hoping for and what i'm encouraging is that these conversations start to get deeper and stronger and you know stay persistent but then start peeling them back because yeah you know we're primarily you know a lot of this was sparked primarily just because of one topic which is police brutality um one of the things that i see that i don't necessarily deem to be productive is the fact that there are other narratives kind of making their way inside of the overall thing. For example, it's like, hey, Black Lives Matter, you know, um, justice for, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and then it's like, well, there's other people too, right? Like, yeah, well, my cousin got killed too, and I want justice for him. Nobody's talking about it. And it's like, well, that's what we're fighting for, is for everybody to get oh, this for for these things to be resolved and you know little steps at a time and then it's like well you know there's also you know trans you know people in the lgbt community that struggled and you know black trans are, are getting murdered nobody's talking about this and it's like well that's part of the whole overall arc is that we're trying to solve these issues you know but it's different all all black lives matter and it's like okay yeah 
but that's redundant because we're saying all black lives. We're saying <laughs> it's already been encompassed in the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, like that's the point. Is are you black? Your life matters. <laughs> like, that's it. Doesn't matter what you believe, you black man, you what black you identify man. with. Yeah, it's like like if you're black, it's you. Okay, if you're brown, you're dark, you're light skin, it's you. Mm-hmm. Like, and I get it. Like everybody's voice wants to be heard, but I feel like there's a high possibility of things getting convoluted when that starts to happen. And then you start missing precise points. You know, instead of like developing game plans to say, "Hey, after we get this justice, let's." everybody together unified attack this you know i mean not to say that these things can't be addressed simultaneously but when it comes to the overall goal it's kind of like you know if there's bickering or division within a unit it makes it look weak for those that you're trying to you know i don't want to say attack but get through to people naturally I don't know, have like ADD when it comes to topics like this because it's like, oh, well, let's lump this in and let's lump that in. And um, so my company actually put together a diversity and inclusion council, right? It's supposed to have been in the works since like January, but like with all the stuff that kicked off with the protests and stuff after George Floyd passed or was murdered, um, they finally were like, yo, this, we should have put this together back in January when we had planned on it. And finally they, you know, pulled the trigger. So I became the co-chair of that committee. And first and foremost, I told them, I'm like, listen, Black Lives Matter has been hijacked. Like just anything trying to advance Black via Black agenda has been hijacked consistently. What about women? What about LGBTQ? What about the Asian community? What about Pacific Islanders? What like, and it's like, I told them, I'm like, listen, first of all, this cannot be performative. Secondly, the only way that I'm gonna get involved in this is if it's long term. This is not something that we can do for just PR and then it's over. Yeah. Right. And then, right. Um, you know, once the protests die down, they're like, okay, we got out of that. We're good now. Um, and then also like i let them know like yes it's a diversity council for everyone who is not i guess a white man which technically is diversity but i said our north star needs to be black lives matter that's why this kicked off that's why it happens we are the most underserved and and disenfranchised group of people across the board this yeah. is what needs to be our North Star. This is what we need to focus on right now. And I told them, you know, we all decided that we're going to tackle our first topics specific to Black Lives. And then if other subcommittees want to come out of it and say there's like a subcommittee that focuses on women in the industry specifically, and a subcommittee that focuses on LGBTQ specifically within our industry, that's fine. But our immediate North Star needs to be that. And they're all in agreement. They're like, absolutely. And so we're doing a speaker series. A couple people come through and and just tell some hard, honest truths, which were dope, uh, just a couple days ago. So, and but I'm seeing that trend and I'm hoping that it remains a trend and then becomes the norm, even after it's on trend with companies. That's what I I'm hoping. I paid almost six thousand dollars for me to go to a specific diversity and inclusion training. 
they are not planning on letting me go anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, you start spending that kind of money, that's that's an investment, and they're looking for it. Yeah, but, yeah. And and so I'm I'm very very proud that that that's what they're doing. I think it's it's amazing because they're really putting their money where their mouth is. They're donating to NAACP, um, UNCF. They donated, and they've been considering making these donations regular. They've looked at diversifying the the vendors that we use. Yeah. Looking at like specifically like minority owned, black owned companies to kind and black owned or black directors, black owned production mm -hmm. companies. They're like legit looking into this. And I mean, we're talking about a multi-million dollar company that's yeah. really making these moves and I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm I think it should be that way, you know, across the board with all companies. But I, I really think and I really hope that we see major companies that are like in the spotlight in terms of like professional sports teams and things of that nature really. Um, and I see you shaking your head, but like those those kind of avenues really need to like um, step their game up so that it's way more like public and in your face for the entire country so that the entire country can can you know naturally gravitate or make that shift towards that direction of having more equality more inclusiveness more diversity in in all areas like you know we've talked about on the show before how like the NBA is is one of the best organizations at like um making decisions and, and moves as far as like um, these social injustices and those kind of things and like and and making it public and and you know making conversations happen but like it's got to go like you said Foz like the energy needs to keep going mm -hmm. um, but not just keep going and stay consistent like it needs to continually build until like we get to the point where we're not having to have these types of conversations like you know obviously we saw what happened with Rayshard Brooks like just a few days after like protesting and, and police or people talking about like okay reform is actually about to start happening and then freaking yeah. you know Atlanta hits and then I saw just a couple of days ago the the half brother of of one of the one of the kids found hanging from a tree like he was shot it was a half brother of Rashard Brooks yeah, no, no, no. The, the half brother. Well, I mean, of, I'm sorry. The half brother of uh, the guy in Lancaster. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, like it was, it was like a major shootout. So it wasn't necessarily like an unarmed black man um, killing. But still, it's like, what are the odds? What you know the the you know? It's How many just, people have they found hanging? Eight so far. Eight um, nationwide, I believe. Eight. They just found, or they just found the seventh. Yeah. Or the eighth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's eight. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, we, <laughs> we just celebrated Juneteenth and, you know, black independence and that kind of thing, but we still got a long way to go, like a long way to go. Well, I mean, I, I think that a lot of it too, like I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of these organizations that we have, but I think they also need to be held accountable. And I mean, this is just me speaking out of ignorance because I don't know. I don't know exactly where the money that gets, you know, uh, gets 
fund. I, I, I mean, I, I get that there's a level of funding that goes into these, you know, corporate or these organizations. And what I mean by like that is Black Lives Matter, NAACP for them to do certain things. But then it's like the, the true liberation comes with equity in some of these things. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm starting to dig into. It's like, you know, the, this idea of reparations, which I think clearly is a no brainer. <laughs> but then what does that look like? You know what I mean? Like, how do you, it's easy to pacify somebody with good PR work, which is giving them a stimulus check or reparations. But it's like, where's the land? Where's where's the stocks in some of these companies? Where's the options and, you know, being not necessarily integrated, but again, like having that equality, you know, even going back to the sports teams, like what's, what's the point if, in 10 years, it's still going to be majority white owners. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know if there's one black owner in the NBA. If anything, there's probably only one. You know what I mean? But it's like... I mean, I think... Uh, even in the NFL, like... Jordan is part owner of the Wizards, is he not? And but listen to, what you just, listen to what you just said. You said part owner. Well, yeah, exactly. You know Jay-Z like, had a partial ownership in Brooklyn Nets, but... Um, like I don't know if he if he sold it or whatever happened with that, but but the but point that, is, but that's what I'm saying. Like it, the the energy you're talking about, like that's why I'm saying it needs to continue to build. Like at bare minimum, it's got to stay consistent, but it needs to continue to build so that we do see owner more black owners, in my opinion, particularly in the freaking in the NFL, because one of the most blatantly openly racist leagues there is. Yeah. Um, Which is why I was shaking my head. You know, I was just <laughs> like, yeah, that's... Because, I mean, ultimately, like, what are we asking for? You know what I mean? In a, in, a, in a sense. Like, hypothetically, if we were to say, hey, we want to see black owners, and, you know, you, you we had talks of Diddy trying to, you know, pull some money together to, like, pitch in on an on a NFL team, and I don't know what the politics were, if it got blocked or they didn't necessarily go through with it, but you're ultimately asking... An individual that has been literally making billions of dollars throughout their lifetime to kind of relinquish some of that, you know what I mean? Part of that ownership or to include others that aren't like them. It's like, you know, again, like this revolution is disrupting the system. It's disrupting the norm. And, you know, it's going to take more than just, you know, again, pacification and a lot of this BS that we see. I think that reparations, if we see them, they need to be systemic. Absolutely. I think and that, that was part of my point, too. Yeah. I, I don't think that just giving someone a check is enough. Um, I think it needs to be, you know, just like we, we saw with, um, starts with an A. Why am I having a brain fart? Affirmative action. Affirmative action. Affirmative action. <laughs> just like they did with affirmative action. Yeah. I think that they need to do, which ultimately was repealed, but I think that they need to do something like that with like home loans. Like, okay, yeah. get, um, you automatically get a home loan and your rate is automatically lower than the, you know, what the Fed has said is for the APR or whatnot. Like, right. things like that need to be in place you automatically get a discount to go to college or you go to college for free you like things you like, automatically get like a small business loan or exactly. student, your student debt is cleared out you know what i mean like 
get us out yeah. of some of this, you know, and absolutely. And, I, and that's, that's my biggest thing. Like, I would even rather see that stuff than a check. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're giving I agree. power to... You're leveling the playing field. You're leveling the playing field. You're also giving power to them. One, which will then in turn, like, reinvest back into the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would almost say, like, if, if you know, a systemic... Um, reparation was like too much in terms of like a whole like well now they're asking for you know checks and home loans and business loans okay well what if you just say like you took those three options and you and you gave them as a as a choice like you can pick which one you want to want to choose that way like you're kind of using it into (laughs) but you know what not even for society to accept not even that i want you to look at jim crow that and part. I want you to be like, oh shit, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> that you. you definitely shouldn't have done that. Okay, was, let's was, rectify. Yeah. Specific. All of that. I'm not asking. I was you swivel until until the options thing, because it's like, nah, bro, you got to give us all that. Run all of it. Like, exactly. We need exactly. All of that. <laughs> from from redlining to no loans to prison reform, like that is what I think reparations looks like. Run me I my money. Yeah, I think that is what it needs to be. It needs to be more than anything a series of financial laws than just cut me a check. Yeah. And not only that, I feel like America would be more on board with that than, oh, how come you giving these niggas money? Uppity niggas well, don't make money. Like, I no, feel- because, because at that point, you have to think about it in, in when we're talking about America, KKK, mm-hmm. right? And we're thinking about that mindset of the white patriarchal, you know, supremacist type of we are the minority we're superior race type of mindset that's who put this system in place so when you know we talk about this idea of receiving equity versus just some empty currency you know the currency would be easier to give away because then it's like yo most of them is gonna burn it all up you know what i mean or or not know how to recover it we all we can probably name at least three people personally that we know that would immediately immediately go buy a car and some ridiculous dumb stuff i'm gonna go buy out the mall buy this chain right so it's like by giving us equity it makes us more powerful you know we become more of a threat because that's something that's going to appreciate it's an asset versus us spending it on liabilities you know what i mean i'm I'm gonna buy plane i'm talking about uneducated america at large that doesn't know how equity works that's why I'm saying I think that it would be easier to do something like that than to just be like, oh, all these black people are getting free money. Yeah, but the the uneducated are the one aren't the ones that have the power to. Yeah, they are. You see, Trump got an office. No, but what I'm saying is, in terms of like actually like giving black people some some type of reparations, it's the the elite powers that be that are white that won't even allow that to happen. Even if the the undereducated is like too ignorant to to see like oh okay well they can't do anything with with equity or whatever like yeah. so <clears throat> I don't know I, shout out to to Sticks because he tweeted the other day like yo reparations if they're gonna come they also need to come from Portugal and <laughs> oh. um, Spain sugar and- plantation so, from the British, from the British, the, the Spanish, Portuguese, the French, uh, what, the Danish? Yeah, French I mean, if, if, 
you know, if America <clears throat> KKK doesn't want to fit the bill, then it could be divvied out between all those other countries because they all participated in in the slavery movement. So True. there's that. So if if that's the case, somebody needs to get on the phone with China and just say, "Yo, black people don't owe y'all nothing. Get y'all money from them. <laughs> like they don't want the debt. We free. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we don't owe nobody nothing. America owes China." One point two trillion dollars. No, the white ones do. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. We got to make but sure. I think that's specific, right? Yeah, for real. But I think that's part of that's part of like the issue when you start really digging deep and why a lot of this is kind of an uphill battle because I mean, besides the four hundred years plus of this system and conditioning and programming being in place. It's we're literally asking, we're literally trying to break into a uh, an exclusive bank. You know what I'm saying? Like the prison system generates revenue. You know what I mean? These politics generate revenue. A lot of these, you know, religion as an institution generates revenue. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you know, you pay a tithes every Sunday, but that's not reflected upon your taxes. Maybe no, I lie. That it is. It is reflected on your taxes, but you're not seeing any type of growth from that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's an investment that you're putting in and it's like, it ain't going nowhere. You can what, just a few measly dollars back during your income return? Like, it's, you're not giving me power. And again, like all of these institutions that we're in, you know, we've been ingrained to believe are good for us, are actually generating funds from us you know governments get money based on the population at schools and so forth and so on you know they get money for prisons being populated private prison system going back to to what we were saying about why you know cutting just cutting a check isn't necessarily the right thing black people even though we don't really realize it i think or, or realize it at large black people have and an incredible amount of buying power, you know? Yeah. And collectively. 1.3 trillion. Um, hell, black women alone are expected to spend 1.3, or have $1.2 trillion of buying power by 2021, I think. Just them alone, because, you know, we're all educated and badass bitches. <laughs> Um, but but I mean, but also the hair care, cosmetics. You know what I mean? Like so many industries. My point in saying that is, if we as a community understood that our collective buying power is that vast, and we started putting our money behind politicians who are actually going to be able to make the changes that we want to see. That would be huge. But we're so disenfranchised and so, so weary of the system that we won't do it. And the thing is, is that a lot of people don't realize that your local officials, those are the ones that end up become, that's where they start. Those are the ones that end up becoming the senators and the presidents and the whatnot. That, that no name person that you don't care about that's on the school board, guess what? Next year, they're gonna be on the city council. Guess what? Year after that, they're gonna be the mayor. Guess what? A few years after that, they're gonna be in Congress. And if you start donating to them and being like, yo, I believe in what you're saying, here's a couple grand a year, 
because that's the most that you can donate. All here's your black CPAC. Let's start running these people. That yeah. could be huge. But going back to the original, the original point of the Black Lives Matter movement, in a sense, being hijacked. The problem where we have, as far as like the black community not necessarily agreeing on a black agenda, is because there's things that happen that cause divisions and divisiveness in our freaking in our agendas and in our our communities so if we can if if we're disputing that like they have to stipulate now all black lives matter to include you know <laughs> gender. to include a, a sexual preference or right. and not understand that it's already been encompassed in black lives matter like you know like now now we can't even freaking agree on that so if we can't even agree on that then how are we supposed to agree on a black agenda that's going to get done from a political standpoint and i mean hell i just saw matt barnes on instagram posting a video talking to kevin durant and kendrick perkins how they're kind of beefing over like you know if the nba should continue this season and, and this season out and um you know players talking about well i think i think we have more power if we sit this season out and you know kind of get force the nba to you know take more action um yeah. but if you've got kendrick perkins and kevin durant who used to be teammates beefing over over that you know what i'm saying like yeah it's again it's just a it's a an example of just division within our own freaking community and and that just makes it a much bigger hurdle to try to overcome and if to get some freaking equality and that kind of thing yeah man it's that with education and organization all the Asians <laughs> the nation of Islam <laughs> yeah uh, um, yeah it takes it takes I mean I, I know that it's going to take a lot and it seems overwhelming but again I think it's there needs to be a, a, a solid hey whatever your trade is let's let's form these communities let's start organizing these events so it, if it is like I guess that's what I'm, I'm kind of wanting and desiring from like I mentioned these organizations like Black Lives Matter and the NAACP I would like to because I'm not seeing it not saying it doesn't exist but I would like to see there be you know major platforms or even if it's on a smaller scale there be uh, workshops on hey this is how you can utilize your trades and your talents or whatever to contribute to spread the word this way or to be effective financially this way here's how we can eat better so it's like if you want to subscribe and be a part of this movement then you have a clear direction of what your role is and then what you're able to do so then we can start to you know progress when it comes to solutions and coming up with the resolve you know um because i mean granted I, there's a lot of people talking about the the importance of voting but then you have to go deeper than that you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm working on trying to organize, um, like friends, you know, that are in, you know, 
certain areas like yo get together and let's have like a zoom call where we start talking about these elected officials and like these um you know these bills that that come up and different measures that that arise so we can start to communicate to say hey this is some pros here's some cons how do you think this affects us you know how do you think this is good for us you know um and things of that nature so then it's like we're on a unified front i don't know where the stigma came from hey don't talk about politics yada 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 maybe it's a you know divisive type of tactic but at the end of the day if we're not even agreeing on something like that yeah. and again it kind of goes back to that idea of which one of us is looking at you know the polls and saying well hey i don't know this person or this person has just been like a school teacher and doesn't have any you know experience in politics i'm not going to vote for them they may be the best option because they see things different you know what i mean let's run a background check like who lives in this area and knows about this person or let's research and figure out you know do they have any discrepancies or any you know malpractices or do they have they done anything that you know doesn't necessarily fit our vision for what we want our future to look like you know what i'm saying so little i think again little building blocks like that and little directions you know will kind of push us you know towards success at yeah. least in in a few years you know you could have <clears throat> You could have a you know a school teacher running for city council or what have you, and and they may not be, they may not be black and they may not be experienced in politics. Right. They they view things the same way a lot of black people do, and so right. even though they don't necessarily have a history or a track record of um, advocating for certain things, maybe it's just like hey they they see things the same way we do. So yeah. that, like you said, that's the best person to to get behind and support, <laughs> uh, right? Because they will actually go in and um, advocate for whatever helps our agenda. Um, so yeah, we can't we can't just be quick to like write people off without like doing our due diligence. And right. I think that's a great idea as far as. Um, utilizing zoom calls or what have you to just talk about people within your local community or just black people across the state or the country as a whole and say like hey this person is running this is their their platform this is their their belief system like are we supporting this this male right. yes no right okay on to the next and the biggest yeah. thing is the da because remember that's an elected position yeah. and that yeah, right. person is the person who holds police accountable for the shit that they get away with i think the da like, the da that elects the sheriff no. or, or um oh. is it the mayor uh, i believe it's the the mayor the, well, the, uh, the chief that's a lie the sheriff the actual <laughs> sheriff so the sheriff is an elected position. Is elected official. Yeah, it's the chief. Position. The chief of police Please. is put in place by the mayor. Mayor. Yeah. So, um, but you know, like I said, the district attorney—that's the one who takes and and indicts po police officers or anybody for that matter who are involved in these police shootings. That's why, and I've, I've mentioned this before. Um, the Justice Pack is something that Sean King put together 
and his and it's explicitly for district attorneys around the country. And what they'll do is they'll find district attorneys that um, will will basically vow to prosecute police officers when and if these police shootings happen in their district. And then what they'll do is they'll get behind them. It's like a super PAC for district attorneys specifically. And I mean, I think that's so powerful. And he's already succeeded in helping several district attorneys throughout the country get their foot in the door and be elected. It's important. We need to get Jackie Lacey goofy ass up out of here. Uh, <laughs> goofball face ass. I don't even know. Part of my ignorance. I don't even know who that is. But I mean, she's our she's our DA out here. LA. Oh, okay. What I do know is we need to get. Yeah, exactly. We need to get hired security for the DA in Atlanta because he's been receiving death threats after um, putting forth charges against the the killers of or the killer of Rashard Brooks. Of course he is. <clears throat> of course but, he is. I mean, it's, what is it's so ridiculous. Like, it's so ridiculous to hear, like, that it, that majority of your police force walked out or is on some, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to come in or I'm not going to whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because, because of these charges. Like, I'm just not going to work. And it's like, bruh, like... <laughs> You swore an oath to serve and protect. Like you swore an oath. That's your job description. Like so, you're just gonna call out sick because you don't agree that um, a cop who shot somebody has been indicted. <laughs> like, like in if I mean, shot yeah. three times, struck Rashad Brooks in the back twice, and I, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I think one of the vehicles that was in the drive-through line, like the the third bullet, like went through one of the windows. So it's like, you know, not only did you, you put other people in danger, you put other people in danger, and then I and then it came out that he, you know when Rashard Brooks, you know, turned around and fired a taser at him. Well, both officers knew that that taser had already been discharged twice, which means that is no longer a um, no longer charged. Well, it's no longer a, a deadly weapon, and a taser isn't considered a deadly weapon to That's me. Weapon. Right. So it's that- not a lethal. It's not a lethal weapon. I think even deeper than that too is is changing like the standards of what that is and how they can try to manipulate those laws. You know what I'm saying? Because it seemed like according to something I heard, I don't know how factual. I haven't fact checked it yet, but um, according to that law. Or I guess according to the video, the officer actually was getting ready to start pulling his gun even before Rashad started to turn around. Mm. Uh, like his gun had already been pulled out, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's not true. When you, because when you watch, because obviously the the surveillance camera video from the Wendy's or whatever is far back enough, and the shooting is not a gruesome thing. So like it's been shown repeatedly on the. Right. And um, I'm fairly certain the officer who who killed him, who shot and killed him, like he was holding the taser in in his right hand. And so when Richard Brooks turned to fire the taser at that officer, like he had to ditch his taser because you see it go kind of flying forward in front of him. 
So he ditched his own taser to reach for his gun out of his holster and then shoot. So you can't be running, trying to reach for your gun with one hand and holding your taser, trying to sh trying to get Rashard Brooks with your taser in the other hand because that's okay. how he was running. Right. But here's my thing. What would have been the worst thing that would have happened had you just let that man keep running? He's going to run out of breath in about two blocks. You hop in your car. You drive around the two blocks where he's... I mean, he was drunk already in the car, right? Wasn't that why he was pulled over? Because he didn't want to drive drunk? He wasn't even pulled over. I think he had I mean, he was asleep in the car. Yeah. But he was asleep. Basically, he fell asleep because he had been drinking, correct? Yeah. So... How far is a drunk man gonna run? All of this could have what the worst that he was gonna do: run a couple blocks, get winded. You could have leisurely strolled up, slapped some cuff on cuffs on him, and called it a day. But see, he was the point of having cops. Don't they just chase everybody on cops anyway? <laughs> well, that show got canceled. So, but well, I mean, yeah. Brooks wasn't even drunk. They <laughs> they were talking with him for close to forty minutes. What? I was gonna say the the whole conversation lasted forty minutes up until the point where they gave him the breathalyzer test. Then decided he's too intoxicated, so they that's when they moved to arrest him. But it's like he asked a couple of times, "Can I just walk my sister's house down the street? Let me just walk to my sister's house." You couldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, I I'm sure the breathalyzer came came in just a couple of points over the allowable limit. So it's like, dude, really? You've had a coherent conversation with this guy for 40 minutes. But let's not forget that sitting in your car, sleeping in your car, even if you're drunk, is not illegal. Well, I don't know what the law is in Atlanta, but I know that you can't arrested. But no, but I think if, if I'm not mistaken, the last I heard, like if you've been drinking or whatever, you're behind the wheel, even if your keys are in the front seat or with you like you can ultimately get like a DUI if I'm not mistaken but that's I could be wrong but like but like it's I mean it, it sounds dumb, but like if you're if you're drunk like even if you walk to the car and your keys are in the ignition or, or on you I believe you could still get a DUI if I'm not mistaken really well, well I mean Yo, our uh, friend of the show Jonas he got he got a DUI for and he was walking from one car to another in a parking lot after after a show we did um, at a bar, and he got hit with a freaking DUI. That's the so dumbest shit ever. It's it's obviously that's where getting those law the verbiage and those laws changed matters. Meanwhile, <clears throat> I have a white friend whose husband was pulled over for DUI. Not only did they not arrest him, they called her. <laughs> I was like, hey, can you come pick up your drunk husband? He's going to get a DUI. But they did—they refused to arrest him. She specifically said, yo, can you guys like take him to jail? Because he needs to learn a lesson. Because she's had an issue with his drinking. And they were like, no, that's not how we do it. If you don't come and get him, we're going to call another responsible adult. She's like, he's a grown-ass man. <laughs> and they specific explicitly said, if you do not come and get him, We'll have to call another responsible adult. His mom, his sister, his brother, someone else that will come and get him. But we, they make it a point not to use up jail space in this particular area. I'm not gonna like put it on blast, but they, use, they make it a point to say, we don't take people to jail 
for DUIs anymore to like let them sober up or whatever. We just send them on their way. And then like they do technically have an arrest record and they do get a DUI, but they don't actually even take them to jail. If that ain't white privilege, I don't know what is. Meanwhile, his car or truck is off the side of the road in an embankment. <laughs> Not only that, but he has a neighbor who is a sheriff that has caught him passed out behind the wheel of a running vehicle with an open bottle of alcohol in the front seat with him. Who was like, oh, okay, let me just call your wife and let you go home. Sober up a little bit. But that's because- Maybe try not to do this again. That's because we can't, we can't arrest you know, Rashard Brooks, they were trying to arrest a black man to put him back into the system and go right back into the, the freaking pipeline of being in prison and freaking, you know, contributing to or filling a bed for these, you know, for-profit prisons. Yeah. Meanwhile, Which, who was it? Was it Pompeo? One of these fuckers in Washington was like, I don't believe in systemic racism. No. It's not a thing. I, yeah. I don't listen to that, them with those idiots. They are the face of systemic racism. Yeah, that part. Uh, if systemic uh, racism were a person. <laughs> yeah, it would be this current administration and everything that it's, it's talking about. Exactly. Arlen Escarpeta posted the other day that I didn't know this and maybe I just was oblivious to it, but... Shout out to Arlen. Shout out to Arlen. And Toya. Um, that apparently the the prison population as far as black and brown people is more than what freaking the amount of slaves in 1850. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Like. Yeah, because it's what? It's north of 2 million. It's like 2.6. Yeah, there are more just black people. Yeah. Well, still. So, I mean, clearly, like for those who still aren't paying attention or haven't seen the 13th amendment documentary on on netflix there's like, also a book if you prefer <laughs> you know clearly you but know, i think even at this point everybody is paying attention like there's people that know they're aware they just don't care or they're afraid of change they're they're threatened by the change they like they don't either they don't want to participate because their comfort their comfort level is high or they're benefiting so it's like but everybody is, is aware everybody should know it's it's been in the music and it's like you know i know a couple weeks ago i was on some like yeah you know but we still got to educate people and then as i started having conversations and seeing how stupid people are i'm like you know like you're just you're you're sending me videos that are confirming whatever your bias is you know what I'm saying? Like you're confirming whatever your own personal political views and you're choosing to be this way, you know, because it's been in, it's been in music. It's been in movies like we know that you've seen or heard about a lot of our stuff. And you're just choosing to pick another narrative that best suits you. And it's like I'm like at this point, I'm like, nah, like I, I'm not giving y'all no more excuses, no more passes, none of that. Like, you know better if you if you. Still want to use that excuse? Go listen to Kendrick. Listen to Q. Listen to Snoop. Listen to everybody that was demonized. Listen to Lil Boosie. I had I had 
a very, 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 very close relative talking about <laughs> um, how just like you're saying, like trying to trying to send me news articles or or whatever about this, that, and the third. I'm like, that's not what the point is. Like, why are you going in this direction? Like, this, can we stay on topic here? Stop changing the narrative because it's not. That's not what what this is about. Like, you know, brought she brought up saying, you know, George Floyd was a criminal and was in prison. I'm like, that is absolutely beside the point. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. I was like, he also went to went to prison and paid got out, paid his debt to society, had rehabilitated himself to an entirely other state to start his life anew. And like, but so, that's not the narrative that they paint on Fox News. I know, or, or across a lot of, of media. But it's like, it's like, don't keep freaking defaulting to the those freaking talking points because that's not what you know the the point of of emphasis or the focus is like. It's just it's ridiculous. The, and like, it's to the point. Like, Faz, like you said, like I don't even know it. Like, why should we even worry about trying to freaking educate some of these people when they clearly refuse to? listen and accept anything that is outside of their their belief system. I'm like, continuously baffled by people's unwillingness and inability to use any kind of critical thinking whatsoever. <laughs> or just simple logic. Conservatives want to stay at whatever their their level of normal is. Like this is 2020 like as technology advances like and people get smarter like shouldn't we make changes that are for the better for everybody like why are you trying to go backwards like who hustles backwards but i think that's that's a part of it is like those conservatives are have benefited and have been protected you know and i think i think it probably even may go deeper than what a lot of us realize like you start changing some of these these laws not only does it affect you know these uh public servants but it may also affect them you know what i'm saying like you start changing some of these laws to hold government officials and elected officials and public servants accountable for their misconduct they can almost pretty much open up the floodgate and i think we started to see that with the ahmaud arbery case right where you know, information started coming out that it was like, hey, you know, the, the people that were chased down, allegedly they were called by this guy, you know, because the guy was, a, a, you know, an off-duty or ex-officer, he had ties with somebody that's still in office. And, you know, that person has ties to the DA and this person with the chief of police. And it was like, they're all kind of running this ring of throwing things, you know, under the rug and just kind of sweeping it away and not allowing it to go through the due process to protect their friends and their allies and everything. And it's like, you start opening up the floodgates and it starts going up the chain. How many governors, you know what I mean? How many senators, how many, you know, mayors and again, elected officials and council members and, and you know, judges and all of that are going to start to get fired you know what i'm saying and indicted and charged and, and are part of a lot of the corruption you know what i'm saying so again that's that's me speculating i know that that may not necessarily be all across the board but again it's 
if you're against it, then what is it about the system that you're benefiting from? What about the system is 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 it that you agree with that protects you from a lot of things that you know black people don't get the benefits of? What is your what is your take on <clears throat> this whole like with the Black Lives Matter, you know, slogan, so to speak, kind of being hijacked, you know, because with this divisiveness of all black lives and all like, you know, should we still be, should people still be, you know, hashtagging and that sort of thing, like in, in support of it, if, if it's just going to be divided anyway? I, I say yeah like I get I get it and I understand why people are trying to insert themselves what I'm what I'm against is the high level of confusion that gets distributed amongst those that don't understand what the movement is about right and we kind of saw like a clear example of, of that with J. Cole dropping the song over the weekend right with uh, the snow on the bluff or snow in the bluff and uh, and he was talking to the young lady and he was bigging her up like I think what you're doing is great so much so that I feel convicted that I feel you know I feel like I'm not doing enough for this movement and putting my money where my mouth is although I feel as though that Jay Cole has been on front lines and has contributed and helped out just yeah. with his talents as well as you know his personal life and philanthropy but he was like advising her kind of suggesting like look i know that you're passionate and i love that but you may be missing your mark with a lot of people because of your approach right and so kind of taking that same concept with having this you know hey it's all black lives you know and kind of altering what the whole message and the point is and making it look like it isn't necessarily a unified movement or that there's you know a divide it ultimately defeats the purpose and, and what we're trying to truly accomplish. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yo, if we're gonna all push for this thing, let's all do this together. And let's achieve what we're gonna achieve. Like, let's just use this as, you know, the, 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 the locomotive. Like, this is our vehicle. Black Lives Matter is our vehicle. This is what we're trying to accomplish. Social, social justice, social change, change all of these things that will benefit all of us despite whatever it is that you're trying to push we understand that everybody is dealing with something but it almost takes on the same you know narrative as all lives matter you know what i mean to, to the ignorant ear to where it's like hey well black lives matter no well black trans lives matter and it's like oh yeah we're saying the same thing but to somebody else's it, it comes off as like well no all lives matter it's like that's not what we're saying you know what I'm saying by saying Black Lives Matter we're saying we're all not being recognized for all of the injustices and disparities that we're experiencing yeah. you know what I mean and obviously Again, there are microcosms within Black Lives that like right. for instance you know yes tran Black trans men may be targeted differently than just Black men but at the right. same time the key word is Black <laughs> you are both being targeted and if we can fix at least some of that not to mention as like for instance a black trans person you also have the lgbtq movement fighting on that side for 
that yeah. cause. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're at a unique cross section. You shouldn't have to segment and say that, you know, one is, one is different than the other. At the end of the day, it's all blacks. Yes, you need allies if you are trans or gay or a, like a woman. Black women are treated very, very differently from black men in society. Um, and yeah. being targeted just as much. Exactly. And maybe, and, if, maybe if not more, just because black women can can reproduce and give life for <laughs> And are talked about at like negative the rate of what black men are, of how black men are discussed. Like there are hundreds of thousands of black women that have gone missing that no one has ever found. And you don't hear about that. But we're not jumping on the bandwagon like, <clears throat> Yo, black women's lives matter. Well, bitch, you still black? Like, <laughs> it's a systemic issue that affects all of us broadly. And if you want to niche it down on your own, then do that. But don't try to hijack the Black Lives Matter movement to niche it so much that, you know, you're now excluding your brothers and sisters who are, in essence, fighting for the same thing you're fighting for. Yeah, Black Lives Matter isn't solely focused on Black men who have been brutalized by police officers. Like I've even seen Black Lives Matter come out for white men who have been brutalized by police yeah, officers. Yeah, that's that part. And that's the whole thing. It's it's really addressing... When the All Lives Matter crowd wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, you know, I've, I've always heard reports of like, oh yeah, well, you know, there was this this other race that just got killed and I don't hear the Black Lives Matter. And then, in fact, Black Lives Matter was as an organization and, and protesting on the front lines for all injustices, not just the Black ones. And I understand where a lot of this comes from, especially when, and I've had this conversation several times um, in different groups as far as Black women almost being dismissed. You know what I mean? Shout out to my homegirl, Tiffany Hobbs, that posted something on her Instagram that highlighted how society has a way of shifting the focus along with the narrative onto something else and kind of you you almost forget about the, the, the injustices that happen to black women. Mm -hmm. But you know, we talk about Sandra Bland and that was a major issue. Everybody's focus was on it. And then the moment that something else happened, then we quickly shifted to that and didn't request and fight for those same, you know, that same justice for her as others. So I understand that, but even within that, that's, I feel on the grand scale, an internal type of conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, yeah, we're still talking about the same thing, but hey, let's also make sure that we don't forget and highlight Breonna Taylor, you know, the Mike Treese Richardsons of the world, you know what I mean? And, and Sandra Bland's and all of that, you know? I say Breonna Taylor is the perfect example since, you know, we were all, everyone was fired up with about the Ahmaud Arbery situation and Breonna Taylor's situation happened, but it wasn't really all that public yet. And then, once it started George to become Floyd, yeah. public, all of a sudden George Floyd happens and it's like, whoosh, like all the attention goes, goes here. Goes and, and the people who <laughs> killed Brianna or the specific officer, no, no charges, no. I thought I read something that just recently said that one of them had been fired. Um, so I don't know if they're actually making progress. They do. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and I, I wish that can you imagine if the 
worst thing that could happen to you when you killed someone was you got fired from your damn job? <laughs> Only to get rehired somewhere else? Somewhere else, just to get transferred. Yeah. Which is why, which is why. I murdered my boyfriend. Guess I better find a new job. <laughs> which is part of the reason why I wish that like, oh boy, Mr. Cooper that was in the, no pun intended, that was in Central Park. Wish that he would have, he would have at least stalled a little bit longer, or at least had like somebody with him that was about that life that was able to just whoop Amy Cooper's ass real quick. <laughs> so it's like, well, look, you don't get fired from your job. You about to lose your job and a cup of tea. Like you about to get your ass beat too for this bullshit. I just that's ideally for me. I've been taking a lot of pleasure in seeing some of these supremacists, so-called, get their ass beat. Oh, like the the white guy that was following the two teenagers, and then another white guy came came along and and just started socking socking the initial Kevin up, just like bop, 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 and then wait, freaking, what, Kevin is Kevin now the white name for men? Kevin, yeah, apparently. But isn't your black brother named Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> but he's not out there freaking calling the cops on on white people just because they're in the wrong neighborhood or they're what you need to understand tiana is that there's kevin's with the hard end and then there's my kevin you know what i mean the soft end yeah. so it's different you know what i'm saying yeah. it's not a it's not a derogatory slur you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my brother it's the term of endearment i'm calling him his name this guy's name is actually chad so i'm calling him kevin to be derogatory his name is Tyson. <laughs> This is Connor. <laughs> this is Bradley. I, uh, do we need wow. do we need a, a whole nother um, black owned and operated movement? Like, because I'm seeing a lot of people talk about like we should just stop dealing with Black Lives Matter because it's George Soros funded and that sort of thing. Like, Listen, I mean, where we get our money from? It's money still spends the same. I think it, and I think it's beyond it's beyond funding. I think if we start looking and splitting hairs, um, I think the more important thing is is holding them accountable. So if he's funding it, again, figuring out what this is doing is that money. What is that money going towards? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, is it going towards any type of reform? Is it going towards bail money for protesters that get locked up? Is it going towards you know what I mean? Like making sure that people are protected. And, and and whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is the money going for? You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I'm I think that's my main, my main concern. I'm wondering if one of the reasons why like <clears throat> the movement is kind of getting hijacked and, and um, convoluted is, is it because it's not necessarily being funded, you know what I'm saying, by the black dollar? I don't think it matters though. I, I don't think it matters either. Because we have less wealth than our white counterparts. For every $100 that they have in the bank, we have, what is it, like $2.88 or something like that? Something like that. So, listen, if a white man wants to come in with his green money and fund something for us, as long as we have control over where that money goes, I don't think it matters where the money is coming from because if we can only depend on us get guess what it's a lot of stuff that's not gonna get done 
and that's I think that's like my main concern. I, it kind of goes back to my point of holding them accountable, holding these organizations accountable for the money and the funds that they do receive from individuals. You know what I'm saying? Um, if blacks are controlling controlling the money that's coming in from, say, George Soros. If, if right. Soros is saying, "Here's here's a bag." and then it's under black people control where it gets divvied out to then yeah like i i i totally agree like it's there's nothing wrong with it but if he is funding it and then he's like well because i'm funding you guys like i want this person and this person involved well then now it's like hmm. right if you're treating it like a business and that's something totally different right and i think to answer the other side of your question I don't think it's necessarily we need to start like a whole new movement um, as much as it is just adding organization. You know what I'm saying? Or myself personally, I'm not a part of the Black Lives Matter um, organization per se. Like I agree with what they're doing. I haven't donated any money or anything of that nature, but it's one of those things to where it's like, are we, are we looking to them to be leaders? Are we looking for them to be an organization that we can rely on and subscribe to as, a, as our own personal system to kind of help us with certain things if we subscribe to that? Or are we relying on them for information? You know what I mean? To provide and expose certain things and, and, and give that to us. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you can almost treat it like a government funded program. Like we'll take advantage of a government funded program if it's a school or whatever the case may be, again funded by a white person if we're looking at black lives matter as hey you are a program that's funded by angel donors or whatever the case may be private investors and you're providing a free service through information or education or have pop-ups that provide something for low-income families you know or whatever the case may be then it's like cool we don't necessarily need to dismantle and disengage it's just more like you know like how do we Wait, I got some on my head. No. Oh. Money just farted. And Ian did it right before she <laughs> farted. And it was perfect timing. Ah. So, <laughs> but yeah, but I think it's beautiful because of the age that we live in. You know what I mean? Like, ultimately, we're in a social world. You know what I mean? To where information can get passed around through a hashtag, through a couple people talking about it, and it becomes trending on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I think even a bigger question is, is like, do we dismantle this current system that we're in or do we, or do we, you know, just try to change it from within the belly of the beast? It goes, you know, it's kind of goes both ways. Like at the end of the day, if you're asking people to unplug from this system, what are they plugging into? Yeah. Is it more reliable? Man, you know, how do you get in their loyalty? Do you expect them to trust it? I would love to see, you know, because you got guys like Jay-Z, Diddy, Dre, who have the funds. I would love to see them say any any artist that has melanated skin, drop, like leave whatever label you're with, because we're starting, we're starting a black owned label and the people who <laughs> will have access to your music is is any person of color and then any any person non-melanated has to go through a screening process to be able to subscribe to our streaming service 
And then on top of that, let's get all the professional athletes to say middle finger to the NFL, middle finger to Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, NBA, and start just frigging black-owned league, you know, and I know that without something already in place, like, players won't do that because they're like, well, I want to make sure I get my freaking check. Right. I mean, it's like, dude, we, that's where, that's where the power is. Like, if they just said, like, we don't need, we don't need the NFL. We don't need the NBA. We don't need Warner Brothers Records. Like, we have the, the, the money and the power to start our own thing and then make anybody who wants to listen to it or watch this sport, like, they can do it and it's money that's going into a black owned operated system and then forget all the other systems like you know I, how, how oh. many of us are going to subscribe to that though you know what i mean because we yeah. all show a reluctance to support our own out of sheer inconvenience i'm not used to tuning into this black owned NFL. I'm used to tuning into this. So I'm going to turn on my TV really? and do what I do what I've always done. The same people that that you know started jumping on and buying, you know, a Apple Music subscription or or whatever the case. It's because that platform was there. Like I think Foz, you might I don't know if you were the one who posted it or somebody posted um, you know, a, a black gentleman just created a service that is going to rival PayPal. Yeah. And so like PayPal is just, it's its the norm because it's been there forever. But, but then here's, here's where, to be, to be devil's advocate in a sense, as I always am, I guess, um, it becomes one of those things to where this is where the systemic aspect of it becomes so problematic because it goes back to convenience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Walmart comes into a community, shuts down all the small mom pop stores or makes it ultimately difficult for you to get what you need because now the mom and pop stores have to charge more to compete and blah, blah, blah. Then they go out of business because you're not giving them your your services or your, you know, your money, you're not subscribing to them. Yeah. And it becomes a convenience thing. PayPal, it's like a lot of people aren't, you know, maybe reluctant to jump on, it's called payment, the, the rival to PayPal because they won't be able to, you know, order something through, whatever Amazon Amazon isn't going to accept it just yet you know what I mean going back to the athletes the difficult part is is you're basically asking them to leave their endorsements for Nikes Adidas you know Under Armour like it's easy to say hey if LeBron James and so and so goes over to Ice Cube's Big Three boom you can have X, Y, and Z right but then does that mean that Nike pulls their billion dollar endorsement for LeBron, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, does that mean that? No, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's Nike. what it does. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking. Like what, <laughs> no, I mean, but again, it's like my my point is, it's like if if there are these major corporations that endorse players or endorse athletes or entertainers, and their their allegiance is to ABC or NBC, you know what I mean? Or they're the main sponsor for the NFL. And then you have people that leave and go over to, you know, something else. It's like, will those black players see that same return? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're asking them 
to leave a big check, a big bag, and a particular lifestyle, right? To go, go follow something else where you can't even really you you it's hard for you to convince the average mind to stop going to Target or to stop going to McDonald's and go to their local black owned market or, or local store, local farmers market. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those things to where for them in their mind they're programming condition to think, well, Subway is just right here. Wing stop right boom and this is just right here on the corner. You know what I'm saying? And they don't want to go across town seven miles to get some food. But take take the professional athlete, for example, David Stern, you know, rest in peace. He did a phenomenal job of, of turning the NBA into, you know, a star driven league. So people are drawn to watching NBA games because the the star the stardom and the celebrity of the players not because of the league so the players have the power to leave that league if they wanted to nfl players have the power to leave the nfl well, where does the money if, come from i understand yeah. that but then where's the money coming from like you leave the nfl they're the still with them and the endorsement if the endorsements are going with the players to a, another system and in in terms of the viewing audience and the the ticket buyers and all that goes with the players to another system guess where the advertising dollars go they go to the other system because but you would have to have but a that's, exodus I'm, but that's my point that's but that's my point. point if everybody if if everybody who had like an a huge level of influence and power in as far as in the in the professional sports world if jay-z and puffy and dre all came together and said we are going to create a a black version of apple music like if they just took title and put it on steroids and then had this platform for like all these artists to then shift over to another convenient system like again this would have to be strategized in terms of a max a mass exit and it's it gets real tricky trying to do that behind the scenes so that like the, the current system doesn't like catch wind of it but if well, and not on that what about what do you do about players that are on contract contracts don't all end at the same time you can you can terminate your contract there's ways you can get out of your but contract usually that involves paying your way out of your contract and that's hundreds of thousands of dollars so you want them and then not only that but this new league you know, you've got players that are making millions and millions of dollars over a, an X number of years. Where does this new league get the money to pay these players hundreds of millions of dollars so that their bag doesn't change? You don't, you don't. And that's, that's part of my whole point. But you don't think guys like LeBron, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard. They can afford to not no, make some money. No, don't cut me off. What I'm oh, saying sorry. is those guys who have an abundance amount of money particularly like lebron is making what tenfold in his nike endorsement compared to his nba contract he's got the money and if you have a, several other players who yeah, all get on the same page and say look this is an investment we are going to make as far as creating another league or another system for everybody of color to move to like, yeah, it's going to be a huge expense in the beginning to get it up and running. But once it does, you have you could you could make a deal where you have have Nike or other shoe companies 
ready to sponsor athletes just simply for shifting over to another another league because they're gonna those sponsors are gonna continue to make money and like i said the advertising dollars are gonna shift and that's where you're gonna get the money to be able to pay the athletes a salary that they need to be paid in order to and again like it's not something that can obviously be done overnight by any stretch of the imagination but but i mean but that's that's part of the thing is like because it isn't overnight you have something that's guaranteed and again we're talking about like the average mind right so when we talk about a lot of these things i get it like we understand the lebron james kevin durant's the big names in a lot of these industries music jay-z Dre, diddy clearly the, the richest ones but what happens when you have you know little little no name from the middle of a rural part of town that's never seen a hundred thousand dollars in a lump sum of money get offered this massive contract to get signed to this label of course they're going to take it it kind of reminds me of the conversation that that joe buttons was having with lil yachty to try to help him to understand like yo like yeah you you, you think you're making money but you're a major artist right now with a lot of buzz how much more money could you be making if you were aware of the contract and the stipulations, right? So it's like, again, trying to convince somebody that can look at the NBA and say, yo, this is a quick a quick check that I can get and make right now that's guaranteed versus, uh, well, to sacrifice and go over to this new league that's not going to be promised and I may not necessarily get the same benefits. It's not going to be as convenient. It's it's That's what's where the detriment lies because, again, we get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I enjoy watching the big three strictly because it's a black man that started something, despite if there's other investors. But it's like, yo, these are players that still got it. And clearly he's influencing the NBA when it comes to the style of, you know, their logos and different things of that nature. I wonder what it would be like if NBA players came over here, if he had a draft and was able to bring in some of these, you know, the Snoop type leagues and you know, black owned leagues that exist around the country into a very lucrative and profitable thing. Hell, uh, what's his name? Lamar Ball did the shit. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, people laughed at it and he's making bank off of it. You know what I mean? To where he's trying to open up opportunities for liberation for a lot of these young players that are coming up, not to get screwed over in these deals and to be able to make money and play and still get recognized, right? But again, the average person that trusts so much and relies on this government and, and entertainment and society, you know, societal things when it comes to like food, it's hard to convince them that to, to convert. Because again, they won't even make the sacrifice to not shop at a store just to, you know, put a black dollar back in the black community. You know what I mean? And so clearly i mean yes i think if it happens maybe in, in baby steps you made a good point if this strategized to where it's like increments and then once there's a sufficient amount of money and funds that are guaranteed and you have investors and you have those advertising dollars clearly the the lesser known players and athletes can transfer over and it's like yo if this is where you want to be here's an alternative that offers black liberation you know what i mean and equal pay and equal opportunity and equity and all that kind of stuff but again it boils down to consumers the average mind the ones that are in the middle of america you know what i mean like the people that actually pay and buy you know sports gear and and, and things of that nature but it's the, the very difficult to change habits no i get it 
but the the middle of America is also the same ones that are out there freaking anti um, anti black ladder Black Lives Matter. So it's like, well, which which way do you want it? Are you anti black Black Lives Matter? But yet you'll freaking turn on an NFL game any, every given Sunday and root for, root for the team that's got eighty five percent black people on their roster. Because I, I, I think again, it goes back to power. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, these black men are getting a check, but maybe some of these people in the middle of America, I'm a you know I'm a white man that lives in whatever state, Indiana, and you know my my football team just made it to the playoffs. I own a bar. My bar is being sold out. Every week, I'm in the black every week. You know what I'm saying? Because this black player, I'm rooting for him, but he's not a threat to me. I'm making money off of his success. I can bet on my team and it's winning and I'm winning this money, right? Versus seeing these black players in a position of power and having equity and ownership. It's like, well, now you're a competitor. Now you have a competing bar in this town or now you have land, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's now cutting into my bottom line now i'm not profiting because you're a competitor and you're making more just as much money as i am and you have the influence you know what i'm saying like now you're a part of this system that i've been benefiting off of and i can no longer benefit over you because now you're equal you have equal rights you know what i'm saying so that's that the bullshit that we're battling against it's more it's more power and and influence and you know the manipulation like this shit is deep. Like, really deep. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I mean, I, if you took the NBA players for example, you could, you know, obviously something in terms of switching leagues would be a process that would take a while. If all those players said, "All right, we're going to give it one one year to allow for a new system to be, to be developed," in the meantime, we're all going to go overseas. And play ball overseas, and even guys like freaking um, role players like Jeremy Lin or you know Danny Green for the Lakers or whatever, like those guys would be gods over there. Yeah, you know, and the amount of money that would be, um, or the amount of economical impact that that would have in a in overseas as far as like <laughs> all these stars coming over there and playing ball for a season like that would be enough to fund those guys comfortably for a year because of the you know it's just like the olympics like how much how many freaking 40 50 million dollars is generated in, in uh a 17 day span or whatever the olympics is like you know you would have that overseas and then they would be like they're financially set to then come back over to a new system over here that you know we can say all right we don't need to worry about you know the powers that be in terms of supremacy profiting off of us anymore we now have our system and anybody who wants to watch on tv or buy a ticket to come to the game great but we are now in control and it's not us just kind of quote unquote slaving away for somebody else and and just to clarify i agree with 100 percent of what you're what you're saying um and i clearly am getting very passionate about a lot of this because you know it's, it's an emotional emotional topic you know what i'm saying and i'm probably not even articulating myself well with my arguments but 
I agree with you. And I guess the balance is, it's like, I 100% want to see a, a, a global Black Wall Street system for Black people when it comes to everything that we do. Music, entertainment, all across the board, politics, all of that, right? And it be like an exclusive thing for us and give people options like, look, if you want to be a part of this other system, so be it. If you over here, then you with us, so be it. You know what I mean? Um, but again, I think there, because there are so many other facets and politics that are in tune with it that I feel as though that we're not aware of, I think that's where my emotions get flared because it's like, damn, I wish that it was literally just as easy as players being able to go over to, like I said, the big three or something different or have, you know what I mean? Like we see the power that it has, but it's like, man, like people, like we've really, like we have years of conditioning and programming to like battle against. And that, you know, that's, I think the hard part. And it's, it's, it's well, I, I wasn't gonna say it's funny, but it's not necessarily funny, but you know, there's, there's a, a demographic in this country that does not want us here. You know, we see it all the time, freaking people saying, go back to where you came from. And I'm not just talking people saying that to black people, they're saying it to, you know, Chinese, Vietnamese, um, Latinos, like, you know, so it's like, all right, well, if you really don't want us here, then give us our own system, whether it be sports, politics, sports, politics, entertainment, you know, it doesn't matter, then we can have our system, we can do us, you can stay in your friggin' snitchery system, you do you, and then, you know, just, <laughs> you be in your space, we'll be on ours, and, and mind your business, and we'll mind ours, and everybody's freaking happy. But... Yeah, but this is a capitalistic society we're talking about, and with that, it's like, yeah, I have mine, and I'm comfortable, but I want more. <laughs> like I want to do more yeah. you know what I'm saying and we're seeing that now because at the end of the day it's like we have ours like yo we got you know example we have our Lemurk Park on Crenshaw like we got our business like you know what I'm saying leave us alone and then here comes gentrification like you know what we want to come over here and try to buy your mall mm -hmm. which I've heard apparently that they, they, that's just backed out I don't know where that really sets us or anything but at the end of it all it's like you know if you don't like either one, you don't need to watch or support either one. But, you know, if you gave gave another option, then heck, like, I think a lot of people would be happier. Nah. And all my I ideas, they, all my, all my ideas I've, I'm completely like spitballing off the top of the dome yeah. like in this moment. And, and, I, and I appreciate it. And, and I appreciate it and I feel you. And it's like, I start to agree, and then I start kind of thinking like, yeah, no, because then there's, you know, again, it goes back to the capitalists and, you know, and this whole, that cognitive dissonance that we often talk about, how, you know, people, you know, we, and we're starting to see more and more of these videos of, you know, those, those particular white people that, are confronting a black man for stenciling a wall claiming that they know the owner that lives at that home and it's private property and all of that but it's like bro this is my house like i own it <laughs> you know what i mean like 
like why don't you just leave me alone i saw another video of a woman being harassed by some white lady that came in was filming her like for days on end or whatever and was complaining about her front lawn and she was like girl like i would clean it up if i had the resources like i'm trying to do the best i can like leave me alone you keep coming over here filming me and my plates like just let me be you know what i mean but it's like one of those things to where if in your mind you're conditioned to think that you're superior to another ethnicity or nationality or whatever the case may be and now that's being challenged it's like cognitive dissonance yeah man I think er everybody just we need to have like a pull out brawl like (laughs) we can just fight it out and then figure it out after that like we need to get a lot of frustrations out you know what I'm saying well, you saw you you saw what happened in Seattle with the whole um, block radius blocked off by the people, and they they took over the police station and renamed it the People Station. And yeah, what and, is it called? Uh, Chaz, the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. I'm also seeing um, you know a lot of uh, a lot of black people in Minneapolis kind of kind of policing their own city like they've got barricades and all that i mean they're allowing police to come in and out and and national guard and that that sort of thing um but they're out there heavily armed you know patrolling the streets making sure you know outsiders don't come in and and start a ruckus you know that kind of that sounds very familiar it kind of sounds like this thing that i heard about in the 60s called the black Panthers. for some reason they kind of had like this system where they were doing things like that i don't know why it sounds like that uh vaguely very familiar very very familiar ironically yeah man i look i i think that that a lot of this is a step in the right direction like i do want to celebrate um, all of the wins that are coming out whether it is an officer being terminated from his job which may lead to you know him actually facing charges and not being protected behind that blue line if that's what that means and so be it um and I'm, I'm glad that there is levels of reform that are coming into place with a lot of this stuff you know i do want to acknowledge that um but i i also don't want to be pacified or or get too complacent within a lot of what we're dealing with because again there's so many other issues and you know solutions still need to be put in place i'm hoping that a lot of these boycotts are leading to habits and rituals that people are practicing and and participating in that it isn't just a one day or one month thing that people do and then forget about because of convenience that people are really ready for an actual change and shift in this whole entire paradigm you know the whole zeitgeist of all of it yeah going back to your point on like the convenience of it like you know we saw that show a year or two ago that killer mike did you know when he was trying all black dollar for for was it a week or whatever the case i think it was just a day 24 hours or yeah and and you know just how difficult that that was for him to do um you know it's i i agree like i hope you know certain boycotts that are that being uh, promoted behind the scenes. You know that 
it doesn't last a week or a month like it becomes routine and habit. um and you know as that as it does then then i think we see you know the black dollar being recycled more and then just bigger more convenient black owned businesses um, yeah. I think that needs to be some of the demands too, like from from our allies and and counterparts. Like, you want to support us and you want to do this. Like, go beyond just kind of being a shield and a voice for us or showing solidarity. Take your take your your white or Latino or Asian dollar and bring it to the black community. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're an investor, a hedge fund, or whatever venture capitalist, consider black businesses. You know what I'm saying? Like, consider some some the black community when you're doing that you know what i'm saying like put your money behind behind what we have you know what i'm saying no i agree and that's one of tiana's point earlier about like her company you know kind of doing some of that like or right. like, like you know a thousand percent like more companies need to need to jump on board with that same same thing we don't you know i don't need freaking you know uh company like nike to just put out an instagram post and then think right. they've done their job like um i follow one of the guys that's close close with theirs and you know he works um for adidas and you know adidas has already like because they were getting they immediately were getting you know backlash about the level of diversity in the adidas organization and yeah. They fired, you know, a CEO and, and already like we're holding, um, you know, online conferences to talk about ways that Adidas can make changes and, you know, being very proactive because, again, it's more than just putting out a, a blanket statement, you know, that, you know, one company sees another company do and they just freaking copy and paste and then just change their name. You know. <laughs> That freaking black meme with or black box with white text, like you know, your blanket statement of how you're supporting Black Lives Matter and and nothing has been done. Yeah, you know what I, I like all those all those white actors. I feel responsible. It's like yeah, you are responsible. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Thank you. Well, but not only that, another thing I will say about going back to Swift's point, I appreciate that my company, we haven't made any statements. It's like before we put something out there, we need to look at ourselves before we say, oh, Black Lives Matter, happy Juneteenth, we're giving everybody the day off. Like they didn't do any of that. Nothing has been made on social media. And their whole thing is before we make any kind of statement, we want to be able, we want to basically, like what we've been saying a lot within our diversity group or the committee is saying, you know, you need to walk the walk before you tweet the tweet. Right. And, and that's what we've been living by is, okay, we need to take a hard look at what our company looks like. What can we do to make immediate changes? Like right. next 30 day immediate changes and then we'll make a statement later. But that goes back to the whole, like all of these companies that are doing like these performative actions. It's like, no, you're just doing it for PR to be on trend right now. And that's not at all what my company 
doing. And that's again, why I feel good being a part of their council because they're listening and they're like, no, we're not doing this to get kudos. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And that's where it, that's where it matters and it counts. And little things like that will start to make the change because I've been seeing like uh, floating around about he has um, like board members that are black. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these mega corporations and companies, they have like one person in their corporate office that's black and their title is like a diversity trainer, diversity leader, or whatever. And it's like, that's, again, like like you you not they not in a position to make decisions or to contribute their voice isn't being heard mm-hmm. you know what i mean when it comes to the, the decision making for things the funniest to me is is this whole aunt jemima uh change like people getting mad about the uncle ben and aunt jemima like let's get rid of quaker oats dude too let's get rid of you know the grits man let's get rid of the ice cream trucks in our neighborhood let's change those songs you know what i mean like get rid of mr clean Let's get rid of Mr. Clean. Let's change the names for some of these and the logos for a lot of these, you know. Why are we getting rid of some NFL? Mr. Clean. He's just light skinned. What's wrong with him? He's just light skinned. He's a, he's a butler. He can be better than that. He's better than that. <laughs> Been cleaning white people's houses for the last 40 years. Change it. Well, all I know is the kickback show, we got a lot of diversity between, you know, us being half black, half white, and. Brandy covering, <laughs> Brandy covering the dark chocolates of the of the movement. Like, we in there. We all the way in there. All the flavors. Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> all the flavors. All of it. And uh, you know what? And I and I appreciate like even you know these past few weeks uh, that we've been talking and addressing like a lot of these issues and the conversations that I've been having, bringing up the podcast like. I take pride in knowing that this is a black owned business that has supported a lot of different people, but primarily black artists, entertainers, entrepreneurs, financial advisors, people of all facets and, you know, independent business owners and all of that. You know what I mean? Like, I want to I want to give us our flowers, you know what I'm saying? And our kudos for providing a platform that does offer that and, and just continuing in that trend with a lot of people that support us and listen and you know what i'm saying and all of that kind of stuff like yeah and, and to piggyback off that just the the diverse audience um that we have as far as you know listeners and viewers like you know yeah. obviously you know we're not you know we may be highlighting more more you know black artists and that kind of thing but you know as far as our fan base and supporters go, like it's, you know, across the board or across the spectrum. So absolutely, uh, yeah. shout out to all of you guys. Yeah, and, absolutely. And yeah. ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm no, trying I, to that I've left. been trying to get better. Yeah. Not I've been trying to get better. I'll just be like y'all. <laughs> yeah. Or if I, if I say guys, I try to make sure I say either ladies and gentlemen or incorporate that you know ladies you know what i mean um one other way the women are being oppressed (laughs) common leaves us out of the conversation it it sounds funny but you're saying what you're saying is 100 percent true it's absolutely true and it's yeah it's it's little subtle things you know what i mean so 
little by little, making improvements within ourselves and allowing that to reflect in our communities around us. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Well, uh, happy Father's Day to you, my brother. You know what I mean? Happy Father's Day, brother. Happy Daddy's Day. All that good stuff and things. Um, mail some hair care products to Randy Ghoston. <laughs> you think I'm lying? I'm gonna go see my. No, I believe you. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna drop by and go see my pops and all that good stuff. So, yeah, try to get it popping. That's what's up. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a cool summer. Cool yeah, summer. Get this hair or it might be it might be hot. I'm hoping that uh hoping there's some convictions and all of that that come down the line and, and indictments and and yeah I'm hoping that Don't sentences get handed out. Positivity. No, I'm I I'm shaking my head in terms of like I agree <gasps> indictments have to happen because if they don't, you know, what we saw a few weeks ago, it's about ain't gonna be <laughs> bruh. It's yeah, a final final note. Like I, I was watching the uh, the the LA the LA riots, ninety two riots, Rodney King um, thing on Netflix um, called LA in ninety two or LA ninety two, and um, yeah, man, like just to kind of revisit it, knowing what happened, clearly being you know old enough to understand what what transpired, and revisiting it with these events that are so current. And seeing what happened, like clearly we're in a different time now to where L.A. back then was like, it was gangster, like hella gangster. <laughs> like watching the documentary and just seeing like how things spread from the courthouse all the way to, you know, <laughs> South Central. And it being like, yo, anybody that looks this way that comes through this intersection is getting bombed on like we firing on all white people it's like y'all don't want that again <laughs> like, <laughs> like i guarantee that atlanta chicago detroit new york la you know texas like a lot of these major black cities that are across the nation like you don't want to get them pissed off again so something better get handed down. Like it better not be all of these officers walking. Like somebody better get sentenced to something. It has to, because I mean, yeah. it it just has to, and it will. It it will. I'm, I believe it. Speaking it into existence, yeah. and justice will be served for for everybody all across the board that has suffered from any injustice. That's what it's really all about. Yeah, that, I think that's what they they kind of started to realize. Like once you know some of the rioting and looting started popping off, you know when you know <clears throat> arrests and charges weren't immediately made in, in George Floyd's situation, you know they're like, uh, well, they mean business this time, so let's go ahead yeah. and, and press charges. And if there's if there were to be no indictments, I think they know. You know now that like they're happy. <laughs> you know they're whether you go to whether you go to that freaking that, that snitch ass cop and you tell him look like you're taking the fall for this like because we're not about to let this country freaking just go ballistic like you're going down for this and you know because <laughs> if they burning up precincts and then 
knew where he found out where he lived and showed up to his house, it's only a matter of time before you as a judge or you as a district attorney, your house gets found out. You know what I mean? And your office gets burnt up and trashed and, and all of that. Or, you know, the places where you invested start getting burnt down and burnt up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you better, you better figure some things out because if people don't, again, going back to that average mind, if they if they don't believe in the voting system and the, and the, the justice system and politics and all of that, and they like, look, I don't plan on voting because it's not gonna make a difference. And they feel that way and they looking at injustice happening in front of their eyes when they know that there was a crime that was committed and it's gonna be hell to pay and hell ain't gonna have enough fire <laughs> and that, i don't believe it's a real place anyway but that's out there where it says you know people should be lucky that black people are just asking for equality and not revenge like man to be like well we told y'all we just wanted equality like this is what revenge looks like right <laughs> i'm saying man it's that's gonna man god won't be able to save nobody yeah talking about the second coming of jesus that's black people coming together angry <laughs> flipping <laughs> over tables and chairs <laughs> <laughs> yeah he came like a thief in the night. Yeah, it was a black person. And he robbed you and then beat your ass, killed you. <laughs> it was a rapture. I saw my mom and then I didn't. Jesus came. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> black. Uh, yeah. Right. But look, I appreciate y'all, man. Um, you. Yeah, I love y'all. Uh, everybody watch. Thank y'all for for however you're coping with everything that's going on um thank you for thank you for maintaining hope i guess at the end of the day you know what i mean because that's that seems like it's probably one of the most difficult things to ask for during this time especially with uncertainty and you know and confusion a lot of mixed signals miscommunication and seeing an injustice and having uphill battles like despite where you are on that spectrum the fact that you're persevering and, and carrying on and still getting up and going to work or whatever the case may be and all of that like you just des you just des deserve a pat on your back you know what i'm saying and keep hope alive i know that's a very cliche thing to say but you know we appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening to us and, you know, as always, I want to continue everybody to do your own research and all of that. I know that these past few episodes have been kind of, again, a lot of our emotions and us trying to strategize and brainstorm on, on different, you know, resolutions. But I want to continue to encourage our listeners all around the world to do your own research, find out what solutions are. You know what I mean? And have conversations. You know, give us feedback. Like, talk to those that are around you. You know what I mean? And, and try to figure out... Say it again? Keep that energy going. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like you said, like, yeah. these conversations, you know, they, they can't just last for a couple of weeks. They have to keep going so that energy yeah, keeps going. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It's important, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Tune in. The Kickback Show, thekickbackshow.com, at the Kickback Show on all of your social media platforms. Um, I go by the name of Wavecap Johnny on Instagram. 
And she is. I am Tiana Giovanna, and he is. Yes. DJ Swivel on Twitter, Swivel on Instagram. Yes. And let's yes. not forget, you can check out the Kickback Shop on Teespring. Go to teespring.com slash the kickback shop. And uh, we'll eventually link it to our website. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> steps, baby steps. But if you support a black business, you'll get some outcome. You yeah, know? see, black owned business yeah. support. And as always, organic blackberry, uh, her tagline, tastes like it sounds, sound like it tastes, and all that, whatever it is. Not to throw shade, I just, I always feel uncomfortable saying it. He's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my cousin, man. Like, oh, yeah. but like uh, but yeah. You were fading to black a minute ago. Just you going all the way with your blackity blackness. I know. Hey, yeah, man. Like this revolution is real. Look at me this way. How you, wait, it just kind of got creepy. How you just gonna get blacker during the show? Like, <laughs> this show so black it made him blacker. You look like it's like this show so black. He blending it into his t-shirt. <laughs> You look like Homer Simpson when he's kind of backing into the bushes. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna just tuck mine in. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my gosh. All right, y'all. All right. Have a good night. All right. Have a good one. Y'all be good. Deuce. Peace. The Kickback Show. Yeah. Tracklife.com.